Hi, it's Bob from Royal Spa. Soaking in a hot tub full of Epsom salts is the absolute best way to minimize everyday aches and pains. And we know all about Epsom salts at Royal Spa. Royal Spa hot tubs are the only hot tubs on the market that can safely and effectively use Epsom salts. Made right here in Indiana, Royal Spa hot tubs are the highest quality hot tubs on the market. Visit any one of our three Indianapolis locations or visit royalspa.com. Ah, Royal Spa. A well-regulated militia being necessary to the security of a free state. The right of the people to keep and bear arms shall not be infringed. This is the Second Amendment, and this is the Gun Guy. Boom, 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 boom. Bang, 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 bang. Boom, 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 boom. Bang, bang, bang. With Guy Ralford on 93 WIBC. And welcome to the Gun Guy Show on 93 WIBC. We're thrilled to have you with you, to have you with us. This is a fantastic time uh, to be a, a, a gun owner and or a Second Amendment advocate in Indiana because we are right at the beginning of the legislative session here in the Indiana General Assembly. And listen, let me tell you, uh, I see so much negativity out there as to what our lawmakers have done or what they haven't done uh, on Second Amendment rights and on any other issue, frankly. But there's so much whining and there's so much complaining, even right here on this radio station. You know, Republicans are all this, that, or the other thing. Um, uh and 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 nothing ever gets accomplished in the general assembly and and they're all you know birds of the same feather uh when it comes to democrats or republicans and let me tell you when it comes to second amendment rights people telling you that people whining at you about that are absolutely completely 100% wrong they're not only wrong they're it, they're intentionally misinformed because they're not paying attention to what actually is going on in the Indiana General Assembly. When it, when it comes to Second Amendment rights, when you look at the laws that we've successfully had passed, and listen, uh, I formed the two-way project, uh, a 501c4 nonprofit organization that uh, is allowed to participate in the in the political process, uh, endorse candidates to lobby for bills. And we've been actively doing that. We've been doing that strong for a number of years now. And I'm there, I'm in the courthouse, I, 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 in, the, in the state house. I was down there uh, twice this week for multiple hours, testifying on multiple bills. And we'll talk about those bills. But I've been in the middle of the process, been in the middle of the legislative process right here in Indiana for a damn long time, well before we established the 2A project. And if you're a gun owner in Indiana and you don't appreciate what the Indiana General Assembly has done for your gun rights, then you're living under a rock. Now, it doesn't mean we can't always do more. And we absolutely can do more. We always have an agenda every single year of what we want to accomplish, not only to defeat those bills that would minimize, even destroy your Second Amendment rights, but also to advance those bills that would protect and enhance your Second Amendment rights. We're, act, we're, we're on it, man. I'm down there. I'm in the General Assembly. I'm working. And so many other people are. It's not just me. And so many other people in the General Assembly. 
And again, these people get so much grief. I hear it all the time. I hear it right here on WIBC. People whining about the Republican supermajority in the General Assembly. And listen, there are things to whine about. You know, taxes, okay. You know, not doing enough during COVID to countermand the the Holcomb mandates, okay. But on Second Amendment issues, let me just tell you, you're listening to the Gun Guy Show, so we're going to talk about Second Amendment issues. On Second Amendment issues, our General Assembly has been stellar. It's been strong. Make no mistake about that. Make no mistake about that whatsoever. And 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 I when I hear people or see people read people whining out there on social media or otherwise, but what we haven't gotten done, you're not paying enough attention to what we have gotten done. It doesn't mean we can't do more, doesn't mean we don't have an agenda, doesn't mean we don't have a wish list, doesn't mean we're not working our asses off right here in the current General Assembly, which I'll talk a lot more about. But let's just take a minute, shall we, and reflect on some of the things that we've accomplished here in Indiana. For instance, 2011, we passed the Indiana Firearms Preemption Act, authored by Senator Jim Toms from down in the Evansville-Poseyville area. And Jim is one of the strongest Second Amendment advocates we have in the General Assembly. And the Indiana Firearms Preemption Act means that local governments may not regulate firearms. So, for instance, Joe Hogsett, even the Republican candidate for mayor here in Marion County, Jefferson Shreve, both wanted to to pass uh, ordinances here in Marion County. In fact, Joe Hogsett's administration through through the city county council here in Marion County did pass an ordinance that says you can't can't conceal carry anywhere in Marion County. It's going to repeal constitutional carry where you have to have a license to carry a firearm anywhere in Marion County. They're going to ban so-called assault weapons. It's a ridiculous political term, but okay. Semi-automatic rifles with detachable magazines and make it illegal to buy buy or purchase a firearm Unless you're 21, even if it's just a it's just a long gun, that federal law says you can buy at 18, but they can't put that ordinance into effect here in Marion County because of the Indiana Firearms Preemption Act. What does that say? It says local governments, outside of certain exceptions, simply can't regulate firearms. The city of Indianapolis, Joe Hogsett, the liberal mayor right here in Marion County, cannot pass gun legislation that can affect your ability to carry a firearm in Marion County. He just simply can't do it. And the reason he can't do it is because of the Indiana Firearms Preemption Act, which the Indiana General Assembly passed in 2011. And Senator Jim Toms was the champion of that legislation. And I was involved on the periphery. I can take no credit whatsoever for the passing of that. But that's huge because you go to so many other states and you can be legal the way you're carrying your firearm, what kind of what what, what kind of firearm you carry, whatever it might be. You can be legal in one town or city or county and suddenly you pass into another county or city or town and suddenly what you're doing is illegal just by going into a new town within the same state. 
Indiana doesn't allow that. That's what the Indiana Firearms Preemption Act doesn't allow. That's huge. You have no idea what an advantage that is in Indiana compared to so many other states. Illinois being a primary example, our neighbor to the immediate west. But, but, but keep going from there. Look at all the other bills we've passed. Church carry. Do you know it's illegal to carry a gun in a church in a lot of states? In, in, in Indiana, it was illegal to carry a gun on, on school property, and it still is. But school property was defined as any property on the same grounds or in a building co-owned with a school. So, so many different churches, for instance, a Catholic church. How many Catholic churches are on the same grounds with a parochial school? I don't know. All of them. I'm not Catholic. (laughs) I'm the son of a Methodist minister. But all of them, I would guess. Churches, Catholic churches, parochial school on the same grounds. That makes the church school property. And it's illegal to carry a gun in school property. And legislators, Ben Smaltz, Jim Lucas, Jerry Tor, so many of these absolute rock stars for your Second Amendment rights looked at that and said, hold on, churches are targets. We've seen mass shootings in church after church after church all across this country. And we've seen some where heroes, like in White Settlement, Texas, Jack Wilson, stopped a mass shooting in a church because he was an armed security guard in that church. And our legislators looked at that and said, hold on, we ought to, we ought to give our, our worshipers, our congregants, it doesn't matter, temple, synagogue, church, mosque, whatever it might be, in our houses of worship, Somebody comes in to attack you, and let me tell you, there's a reason there are mass shootings in churches, because there are people that hate you and want to kill you just because of where you worship or how you worship or whom you worship. Whether they're crazy or they're on some kind of religious ideology, whatever it might be, there are people that want to kill you just because of the way you worship. That's not me being paranoid or weird. That's just the nature of the universe, and we've seen it all too often. And so our legislators here in Indiana said, hold on, you ought to be able to defend yourself, your family, and your fellow worshipers when you're practicing your faith in your house of worship. doesn't matter what it is, church, synagogue, mosque, temple, whatever it might be. And so our, our legislators right here in Indiana, and this was under the original leadership uh, um, uh, of Ben Smalls, who wrote the bill, and, 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 and wrote a bill, and we got it passed in 2019 that says, no, if you're in a house of worship, participating in a religious ceremony or worship service, notwithstanding the fact it may be on school property because there's a school located somewhere on the same grounds, you can carry a firearm. And we got that passed. Same year, 2019, we passed the self-defense immunity bill that I wrote, and I'm really, really proud of this bill. It says that if you use lawful and justified force in self-defense, you can't be sued for that. You have complete immunity. And I've since handled a, a lawsuit 
where my client used force and absolutely justified self-defense. Somebody tried to break in their home, broke a window, was climbing through the window. My client defended his, himself, his wife, and his home with deadly force and still got sued. And under the statute that we passed in 2019, right here in Indiana, not only did we get that case dismissed, we got an award of attorney's fees. The plaintiff who filed that lawsuit under the law we passed right here in Indiana, not only did they get their case dismissed, they had to pay my client back all their attorney's fees. You don't think that's a disincentive for that kind of BS lawsuit to be filed in the future? Of course it is. But that's the kind of positive legislation we have here in Indiana. So if you're out there and you're and you're inclined to whine about our lawmakers, you're, 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 you're inclined to whine. And again, I hear so much of this, including right here on this radio station, specifically from nine to, th- nine, nine to noon, I, I noticed quite a bit, you're not paying attention if you care about Second Amendment rights. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. Because a lot of good things have happened for us right here in Indiana, and I've been in the middle of it, but I've also, I've also been a fan of so much of it. Because we have legislators, again, Jim Lucas, Ben Smaltz, Jerry Tor, Peggy Mayfield, Aaron Freeman in the Senate is an absolute hero of the Second Amendment, has done so much. And that doesn't even include getting constitutional carry pass, which we did in 2022, where you can now carry a handgun without, without having to go beg permission from the state government to exercise a constitutional right you already had. How awesome is that? We did that right here in Indiana. So sometimes when we talk about what we want to accomplish, and that's what I'm going to talk about the rest of the show, but sometimes when we want when we talk about what we want to accomplish, what our goals are, what our to-do list is, let's don't ever forget to sit back and contemplate a little bit and give thanks for the awesome things that we've already accomplished right here in Indiana. I'm proud of them. I've been in the middle of them, and I'm also really proud of our legislators who are out there fighting for us, some of whom I've mentioned, and there are many more beyond that. Right now, we're taking a break. This is Guy Relford on The Gun Guy Show on 93 WIBC. Second to none on the Second Amendment. This is The Gun Guy with Guy Relford on 93 WIBC. And welcome back. This is the Gun Guy Show on 93 WIBC. And by the way, we always want to take calls uh, from our listeners. you got questions, you got comments, you got input. Give us a call, 317-239-9393. That's 317-239-9393. What would you like to see accomplished in the, in the Indiana General Assembly that we haven't accomplished already? And actually, I'm really curious about this. I'm 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 fascinated about this, and a lot of times people talk about they want to they want to see uh, uh, so-called Second Amendment sanctuaries. I get that. We'll talk about that. Um, they want to see other issues raised in the General Assembly. Let's talk about it, man. I'll tell you what the feasibility is, what the likelihood is. Uh, I'll tell you whether there's anything pending that might actually accomplish what you want to see accomplished. But if you want to see a new law in Indiana. 
that protects or enhances your rights in Indiana, give us a call, 317-239-9393. If you got a bitch, you got a complaint. I think I can say bitch. Yeah, the producer's looking at me saying, yeah, you can say that. If you got a complaint, give us a call, man. What do you want to see happen? Because people love to whine about our legislators. I get it. I whine about our legislators, too, particularly the ones in Washington. But uh, but you got something you want to see happen, give us a call, man. Because well, you know what? I'm talking to these guys. In fact, I have a meeting after the show tonight uh, with with several different legislators. We're talking about w- what we want to see accomplished this this year. And we're going to get into it, including some pending bills. And uh, I'd love to talk to you about it. Give us a call, 317-239-9393. What do you, you want to see accomplished here in the Indiana General Assembly? Uh, this is exactly the, the time to air it, man, because I'll go talk to them, and we'll see if we can make it happen. Give us a call. Three, again, 317-239-9393. So I was over in the General Assembly this year, this week, uh, actually testifying in favor of a couple of different bills. And both of these bills are really important because it's interesting. The gun control people, the people that would deprive you of your Second Amendment rights, people that actually are upset, that are resentful of the fact that you even have Second Amendment rights, and let me tell you, there are a bunch of those people. And, and, and by the way, it usually starts with people saying, oh, well, what, you're not, you know, I've read the Second Amendment, and it starts off with uh, a well-regulated militia being necessary to the security of a free state. So unless you're in a militia, you don't even have a Second Amendment rights. And, okay, this, the Supreme Court in Heller versus D.C. in 2008 completely rejected that argument and say, no, you don't have to be in an organized military unit like the, a militia, the National Guard, to have Second Amendment rights. It's something that's a common right enjoyed by all the people. And people say, oh, well, at the time the Second Amendment was passed, um, you, uh, it, w- it was referring to muskets. So it protects your ability to have a musket, nothing else. No, the Second Amendment uh, in fact, protects those commonly used firearms for lawful purposes today. And the Supreme Court ruled that same way, both in the Heller case in 2008 and uh, and afterward. And no, a firearm didn't have to be in existence uh, at the time of the Second Amendment ratification, which is 1791. Uh, in order to be protected by the Second Amendment. So that's rejected. So these people come out and they they fight us on all these different ridiculous grounds. I had a, a, a representative in a committee hearing. I was in the, the Financial Institutions Committee testifying for a bill that I'll talk about here in just a minute. And, and I had a, a, a state representative, an elected official for the state of Indiana, Said, I, I personally think you're misguided on the Second Amendment. I think it only protects you if you're in a militia like the National Guard. I just look at this person. I go, man, bro, I didn't say this. I was thinking this. I'm not going to call a representative. I'm going to call him Mr. Representative. I'm going to be completely respectful in that situation. But in my head, I was going, yo, bro, you actually haven't read the Supreme Court decision that deals with this issue specifically? 
You you want to debate me on this issue and you have no clue what the law of the land is? You're wasting my time. I mean, that's what I thought, but of course I'm going to be completely respectful with what I actually said. So I said, Mr. Representative, respectfully, let me tell you what the Supreme Court has said on this issue. So you and I don't have to debate this anymore. That debate has been concluded. It's been determined. It's been resolved. We don't have to debate this. And that's such a shame because we have to keep regurgitating these same defenses to the same BS arguments. By the way, my great challenge, I'm, I'm now approaching my 10th year, by the way, of having the Gun Guy show, and my great challenge that I'm so far accomplished, and every week I come in here and do radio, I keep thinking it, I may not get past this week, is to not cuss on the radio. It is so hard. And I got great producers. I got great producers sitting here right now, and it is so hard not to use profanity because there are so many of these issues where I just really want to. But it, so far, I, I do a pretty good job, wouldn't you say, producer? Yeah, you're, you're doing a great job. <laughs> <laughs> and by the way, it's his job to hit the, what we call the dump button. You know what the dump button is? There's, there's a bit of a delay when we broadcast radio, and the dump button goes, okay, we're going to erase like the last 15 seconds of everything that's going out across the airwaves. And, uh, you know, and so far, hey, I, I can say in 10 years of radio, I haven't had the dump button hit on me yet. Yeah, no. Um, like, um, there, there are surprisingly like words that you wouldn't think are allowed on air, but are allowed on air. Well, that's a good point. Yeah, and so like I'm like sometimes googling like what cuss words can you say like live on air just to double check, <laughs> and I'm like because I don't want to like hit it and like have it go out for eight seconds like unnecessarily. See, that's yeah. right. Like, for instance, I can say, I was just talking about people bitch about this, that, or the other thing. I can say that, right? Absolutely, 100%. Now, you had to think about that one, didn't you? Yeah, like, you, you would think, like, you can't say that. And, like, <laughs> <laughs> that's, like, one that I had to Google. I'm like, can you say that word on the air? You know what? I, I've learned, I don't even want to say it. I've I'm learned just... most of these things by listening to Tony Katz, by the way. Yeah. Because you listen to Tony Katz, you'll learn a lot. Because Tony Tony Katz will also say, I'm going to make you nervous again. Tony Katz will say, kiss my ass. Yeah. I can say kiss my ass. Yeah. I can absolutely say that. Yeah. And the, there's like some, I don't know, phrases that you can't say that aren't like that bad, like are less bad than like ass or saying like right 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 yeah yep, exactly now don't give me examples to get yourself in trouble yeah <laughs> that'll, that'll, that'll be a problem yeah but <laughs> i'm like so paranoid to be honest yeah, <laughs> but, yeah no that yeah that's an interesting thing again and it's so funny that i'm coming up on my 10th anniversary of having this show because i gotta tell you um when uh, when they invited me to come in and do the Gun Guy show originally, um, literally 2014, um, I never thought for a million years, I never thought in a million years that I'd ever get to 10 years. Um, frankly, I didn't think a radio station, in, in even in Indiana, you know, a big red state, uh, pro 2A state, I didn't think that any, any, any audience for the long term would support a dedicated pro 2A radio show. I just didn't think that would happen. 
I, I would just think I thought the politics um, and the the cancellation crowd would kick in, and um, I'd be forced off the air. And God bless WIBC, man. And originally the Emmis Corporation, now it's Radio One. God bless them, man. I mean, think about this. They are willing to allow a completely unfettered, unapologetic, pro-2A radio program to endure right here on WIBC. And I'm proud of that. I'm proud of the organization that I work for for that. But hey, we're going to get back into what legislation is pending, what we're trying to accomplish this year in the Indiana General Assembly. And I won't say anything that either gets me kicked off the radio or makes my producer hit the dumb button. I I will not, I promise. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> There's nothing that makes a producer more nervous than when you start flirting around, you know, the 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 the, the world of profanity. So I will not do that. Right now we're taking a break. We got some people on the phone lines by the way. We'll go to the phone lines when we come back. You got a question, you got accomplished, you want to see something accomplished in the general assembly? You want a new law? that protects your gun rights, give us a call, man. This is the right place to call because I, I'm involved through the 2A project. I've been, I'm in the General Assembly uh, a lot. I was down there probably 10 hours this week, and I'll be down there again next week. Give us a call. What do you want to see accomplished in the Indiana General Assembly? 317-239-9393. This is Guy Relford on The Gun Guy Show on 93 WIBC. Show about gun rights, gun safety, and responsible gun ownership. This is the Gun Guy with Guy Relford on 93 WIPC. And welcome back to the Gun Guy Show here on 93 WIPC. I'll tell you what, I put a call out for. Uh People to call into the show and say what they uh, wanted to see in in in, in uh, terms of gun rights in Indiana, and we got a sh- ton of. <laughs> yeah. No, shh. All I said was shh. That's it. That's all I said. Shh. Uh, that's it. See, I've, I'm I'm making the producers nervous again. They're all they're looking at me going, no, nah, no, don't you do it, man. No, no, I would not. I would never say the bad word. I would not do it. I've been ten years. I don't want to get fired yet. But uh, we have a whole bunch. Let me put it that way. A whole bunch of callers, and uh, we're gonna get to all of you, every single one of you. Be patient. We'll go to the phone lines. Let's do it right now. And Anthony is called in. Uh, what do you got for us, Anthony? Yes, uh, my name is uh, Anthony Wayne, uh, and I want to I listen to the testimony, and that was very interesting. Uh, this relates to HB 1084, which has to do with the banks and stuff. Yeah, you, uh, so you heard me testify in, in favor of that. Oh, yeah. And uh, this, this was a, a press release from the, the House Judiciary Committee in Congress. Uh, Jim Jordan had to do with the banks trolling through all their records to find all sorts of transactions with institutions and everything else, it was actually shocking. There is a slide that's in that press release that was used by Key Bank to to, to find anybody who had bought anything from from any kind of manufacturer of of guns or accessories for guns. They were using the MCCs and everything else on it, and they were reporting this back to the FBI for yeah. use to, to identify terrorists and and, and extremists. So I'm kind of wondering, you know, it's like, gosh, can somebody go to Key Bank and force them to divulge what they reported about somebody? But uh, you know, this is this this is what really scary 
and drives home the need for HB 1084. No, you're exactly right, Anthony. And for those folks listening who don't know exactly what we're talking about here, um, the House Bill 1084, and I went down and testified in favor of this this week um, in the uh, Financial Institutions Committee at the Indiana General Assembly. And what this relates to is the fact that the uh, International Organization for Standardization um, came out with a new credit card code that if you use your credit card or debit card in a gun store, then that there's a, a specific code associated with that transaction that identifies that as a transaction that you did in a gun store. And this was done at the insistence um, of a bunch of gun rights, or excuse me, not gun rights, gun control organizations like Every Town for Gun Safety that includes Moms Demand Action, the Brady Campaign, and otherwise, because they said, well, we need to track transactions at gun stores to potentially identify uh, like the next mass shooter or terroristic activity, which makes no sense whatsoever because... All it shows is that you spent X amount of money. It'll, it'll say your name. So it'll say Guy Relford. Let's say I go into a gun store and I buy a $4,000 gun safe because I want to store my guns responsibly and safely in my home, which I do. And I have several gun safes already. But let's say I spend $4,000 on a gun safe in a gun store. It'll say Guy Relford spent $4,000 in a gun store. That could mean I bought 10 $400 AR-15s because I'm a terrorist and I want to go shoot up America, which is completely ridiculous because that's not where these people get their guns, is gun stores, but okay, well, theoretically. Or I bought a $4,000 gun safe that this credit card code doesn't tell you which that is. Doesn't tell you that I bought a gun safe or a, 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 or a bunch of guns or a bunch of ammunition or anything else. So it's useless to do what they say they wanted to do. I'll tell you what this is about. And I tell you what, we're coming up on the three quarter hour. I'll tell you exactly what this is about when we come back. In the meantime, I want to get back to the phone lines. But House Bill 1084 that I testified for this week. I fully expect to get out of the House. We'll see what it does in the Senate. We're going to need your help. We're going to need you to call your senator, um, the committee uh, uh, chairpersons over there in the Senate, and get it through the Senate. But I'll tell you what it's about and what it would fix and what the real issue is. And actually, the, the problem that we're trying to address when we come back. But I also want to get to the phone lines and continue to go through your ideas for what laws you want to see. But House Bill 1084 is a big deal. That's why I went down there uh, on behalf of the 2A Project and gun owners in Indiana and testified in favor of it. And uh, I'll talk a lot more about that here in the show. I do want to get through the callers as well. Right now, we're taking a break. This is Guy Rolford on The Gun Guy Show on 93 WIBC. Your rights, your responsibilities, your guns. This is The Gun Guy with Guy Relford on 93 WIPC. And welcome back. I'll tell you what, I'm going to go back to discussing House Bill 1084 because this is a big deal. These credit card codes that the gun control people want the banks to use and the credit card companies to use, 
It's it it is one hundred percent. Look, I'm not a big conspiracy theory guy. If you listen to the Gun Guy Show, you know this. Um, I tend to roll my eyes at most conspiracy theories. This isn't a conspiracy theory. This is a dedicated plan to try to attack the gun industry. Is to attack gun stores, those people that that sell guns and ammunition to you and to me. It's a dedicated absolutely focused attempt to attack that industry and I'll tell you why um, when we when, when when we have an opportunity here and I'll do it this show in the meantime though I want to get to the phone lines we've had several people call in and uh, be on hold let's go to Charlie Charlie hey. welcome to hey. uh, the gun guy show man hey man how's it going good good to hear from you what you got so I was I'm a felon and I'm trying to get my uh, gun rights back now I didn't know like how expungement works or what all that goes, like what all that entails, what the requirements are to meet that, and just quite how to get go about it. Well, you called the right guy, man. I handle expungements all the time, Charlie, and I'm glad you called. Um, most uh, crimes, most I don't know about most, but a lot of crimes and felonies can be expunged. And, and I don't want you to say anything on the radio you don't want to talk about, um, but like what, what, what do you have on your record now, if you don't mind saying? So I caught a lot of drug felonies when I was younger. Um, and then as I got into all that, I still owned firearms that I wasn't supposed to and ended up getting caught with some. Okay. And I have possession by a felon, but I didn't know, because I know it's big on like violent felonies is what they pertain to usually. But I didn't know if that possession by a felon was, was a disqualifier. Well, not no, not necessarily at all. And um, I mean, um, possession of a firearm by a serious violent felon, uh, as well as the the predicate convictions that made you a serious violent felon to begin with, like drug convictions and whatnot. Um, those can be those generally can be expunged. Typically, you have to have eight years with a clean criminal history. You have to have paid all your fines, fees, and court costs. You can't have any active criminal investigations against you, and you can't have, have any other uh, restraining orders or other orders of protection against you that uh, restricts your ability to possess a firearm. If you meet all those conditions, you can have uh, convictions expunged. And I do expungements all the time, and I love doing them because uh, you know what the expungement statute is based on the idea that people have earned the right to uh, recover uh, their Second Amendment rights. And, and there are other civil rights to hold public office, uh, to serve on a jury, and, uh, and, and, and those kind of civil rights that you regain through expungements, even though you've got a past felony conviction. So give me a call, man, or look me up at relfordlaw.com, relfordlaw.com. I do expungements all the time, and I'm really happy to help people. It, it's fun. I mean, I, I, I've seen people cry in the courtroom. I've seen people grab me and and, you know, crying on my shoulder in the courtroom because after a long, long time where they haven't had their Second Amendment rights, they were able, able to recover those rights. So I'll tell you what, we're going to go back to the phone lines when we come back from this break at the top of the hour. we got Jennifer, Mike, Kelly, David, Paul, um, a lot of good people on the lines. We'll come back. This is Guy Relford on The Gun Guy Show on 93 WIBC. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you.
well-regulated militia being necessary to the security of a free state. The right of the people to keep and bear arms shall not be infringed. This is the Second Amendment, and this is the Gun Guy. Boom, 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 boom. Bang, 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 bang. Boom, 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 boom. Bang, bang, bang. With Guy Ralford on 93 WIBC. And welcome back for hour number two of the Gun Guy Show on 93 WIBC. And I am going to get back and talk about House Bill 1084 that I testified for uh, in the uh, Financial Institutions Committee here this last week in the Indiana General Assembly and uh, was clearly looked upon favorably by that committee, and I think we'll pass out of that committee. There's an, uh, an amendment, apparently it's going to be proposed uh, on it, and they wanted to consider that amendment before they actually ruled uh, or voted on passing it out of committee. But I'll talk more about that. But, but, but in the meantime, we've had a whole bunch of people call in and be on hold, and I want to be uh, uh, respectful of our callers since I asked for calls. Let's go back to the phone lines. And Jennifer has called in. Jennifer, welcome to the Gun Guy Show. Hi, thank you. Absolutely. And I would first like to say congratulations on your 10-year anniversary. Oh, thank you. It's going to be in July is the actual anniversary, but we're coming up on it. I'm kind of excited about it because I frankly never thought it was going to happen. I, I agree. And then I would also like to say if I ever needed a lawyer or some gun classes that I would definitely pick you. See, I'm your boy or I'm your guy, I guess I should say. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> and then the reason that I am calling is because we would like to see some marijuana reform in terms of um, at least making it legal for medical use, if not at least decriminalizing it across the entire state and not just in the Marion County area. Yeah, and Jennifer, um, I couldn't agree with you more on that. And let me tell you exactly where we are on that relative to gun rights. Um, and listen, I, I'm not a marijuana user myself. I learned I learned back in college that I don't do well with marijuana. I mean, marijuana makes me want to uh, curl up in a fetal position and go to sleep and not talk to anybody. Uh, it makes me paranoid. It makes me self-conscious. Uh, I guess that's redundant. But uh uh, I, I, it's it's just that it's not on my personal agenda. But I've talked to so many people, like veterans, for instance, that with PTSD, where they get a lot of relief uh, from marijuana. I've talked to people with chronic pain issues, um, who uh, who say they get a lot of relief from marijuana. And listen, it's a it's a natural it's a natural plant, natural herb that grows out of the ground. And the idea that that we treat this on a on the basis of federal law, it's a Schedule One controlled substance. That means it's right in there with the most addictive, most destructive, most harmful drugs that we have, and with the least medicinal purposes. Marijuana is classified the same as methamphetamines or heroin, or cocaine. Is that ridiculous? Yes, that's ridiculous. And and again, it's not on my personal agenda. Uh, I'm not a user. I'm not a fan. But I've talked to so many people who get so much relief that it makes no sense to me that we don't legalize it. But here's the, here's the deal with gun rights. If Indiana would pass a law tomorrow that says, yep, 
uh, we're legalizing marijuana either for medicinal uses or for recreational uses or for both, that doesn't change the fact that it's still an illegal drug at the federal level. And when you go in to buy a gun today, you, you fill out a form called the ATF 4473 form, and you fill it out and you, your name, you know, personal information, and then you answer a number of questions. And about the fourth question down, it says, are you a user of or addicted to any illegal drugs? And then it says, including marijuana, even if it's legal in the state in which you live. And if you say yes, because I have a medicinal marijuana card or because Indiana hypothetically has legalized marijuana, you're not getting your gun. And you've just flagged the fact you are a prohibited possessor. You may not legally possess a firearm under federal law because you're a user of an illegal drug under the what's called the Control, Controlled Substances Act. I can say that. Controlled Substances Act of 1970. And marijuana is still legal at the federal level. So the key to this, Jennifer, is first to get Congress, and there's there are there are, are bills introduced in Congress pretty much every year anymore, to get marijuana off the controlled substances list at the federal level. And then if we also legalize it in Indiana, then boom. Not only will it not affect your gun rights, but it'll be legal otherwise for use. But that's an important point, and people need to understand, because even if Indiana legalizes it, as long as it's illegal at the federal level, it'll still jack with your gun rights and uh, and, and and potentially land you in jail, as ridiculous as that is. And that's why we need to fix that at the federal level first. Let's go to the... Phone lines again, and Mike has called in. Mike, what you got for us, man? Hey, uh, I just wanted to touch base on what it would take, or if it, if you've heard of any news of anyone introducing legislation that would would simplify and better protect people with concealed carry permits to travel throughout the country into different states without having the hassle of trying to do a lot of research on reciprocity and this, that, and the other. Um, what what can be done to eliminate all that hassle? You know, if the state you live in deems you worthy to be carrying a firearm and you are permitted, why shouldn't that permit be honored throughout the country you live in? Because you don't give up your rights when you go to another state. So I, I just would like to create that conversation. Mike, it's such a great question, and it's such a, 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 I think, an important point, and I could not possibly agree with you more, brother. And thanks so much for calling the Gun Guy Show. Um, here's here's how that works today. There are 32 other states that recognize the Indiana license to carry handgun. There are 26 states uh, across the country that have constitutional carry, meaning you don't have to have a license to carry in that state. And all uh, and by the way, we're one of those. So 25 other states, and in all 25 of those other states, you don't, you, they they uh, recognize your right to carry a gun without a license. But the, going back to really what your question is, is why isn't my handgun license recognized in all 50 states? It should be. It's not. It's going to require one of two things. Some people say they want to pass national reciprocity, and this is a bill that actually passed the House um, during the the first years, the first two years of the Trump administration, about 2016, 2017, and it never got a vote in the Senate. 
And a lot of us got really angry about that because Republicans controlled the House and the Senate there for a couple of years after Trump got elected. And um, Mitch McConnell just screwed the pooch on that. But um, in the meantime, what it would say is, yes, if you have a license in one state, it has to be recognized in every other state. I don't necessarily like the the legislative fix to this issue, Mike, because what Congress gives, Congress can take away. What I would like to see is a is a Supreme Court of the United States opinion that says, um, just like it did, get this, in the same-sex marriage decision, this is Obergefell, if you want to look this up, and, and, and in that decision, and however you feel about same-sex marriage, I mean, doesn't matter to me how you feel about it. You can be a big fan. You can oppose it. I don't care. But what it said is that if your marriage license, first of all, your marriage license in the state in which you live, you have to be granted one if you want to marry the person you want to marry, even if they're even if they're of the same sex. Then it went on to say that because of 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 equal protection laws and specifically the four, the 14th amendment because of your of your right to equal protection and the full faith and credit clause in the 14th amendment that a marriage license issued by one state has to be recognized and honored in every other state and at one point I took the language out of that supreme court decision Obergefell that dealt with same sex marriage and again not an issue it's not on my agenda it's not a priority for me I Hey, you want to marry whoever you want to marry, God bless you. I've got no issue whatsoever with that. God bless you. I support you completely. But it's not just on an agenda item for me. But you, I took the language out of that decision that, that talked about if you have a license to marry someone in a particular state, here's all the reasons why that has to be recognized and honored in every other state. And I just, I substitute, I took the same language and I took, marriage license i took marriage out and i put license to carry in in the same place and the logic and interpretation of the law and the 14th amendment applied perfectly and that's what i want to see because i don't want congress to do it because you know what congress can change its mind democrats can come in change that law i want the supreme court of the united states to say if i have a license to carry just like my driver's license has to be recognized in every other state my marriage license has to be recognized in every other state my license to carry ought to be recognized in every other state and the supreme court of the united states needs to say that and you know what hey maybe uh if somebody gets arrested for carrying a handgun in new york even though they have an indiana license Let's go file that lawsuit. Let's go litigate that issue. I'm exactly the right lawyer to take that to the Supreme Court of the United States and get the right decision um, out of the Supreme Court. But that's where I am on that, brother, that I'm right there with you, and you raise a very important point. We're a little past the quarter hour. It's time to take a break. We'll come back. we got Kelly, David, Paul, and Joe have all called in. We're going right back to the phone lines when we come back. This is Guy Relford on The Gun Guy Show on 93 WIBC. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. He's a Second Amendment attorney. He's an NRA certified firearms instructor. He's the gun guy. Guy Ralford on 93 WIPC. 
And welcome back to the Gun Guy Show on 93 WIBC. Let's go right back to the phone lines. I love the, the number of callers, man. We got a ton of callers, and I'm excited about that. Let's go. We got Kelly. Wait a minute. Is this my buddy, Kelly? Yeah. Hey, Kelly and Avon, man. Uh, yeah, you are my pal and also an uh, official with the uh, Indiana State Rifle and Pistol Association. And you and I spent a little time down at the State House this week, didn't we? We sure did, uh, both Wednesday and Thursday. Yep. And I, t- I tell you that uh, the Pro 2A team that was there, I was proud to be part of it. You know what? It, you know, I was kicking myself. We walked out of there Thursday. We didn't get a picture, so we we should have gotten a we should have gotten a picture with you, uh, Kelly uh, from the Indiana State Rifle and Pistol Association. Um, uh, John Weber from NRA, who was there, who's our regional rep from NRA. We had Chris Lee, who's the our rep from the National Shooting Sports Foundation, who's a rock star and uh, has has pushed a lot of legislation uh, through right here in Indiana. And myself from the Two A Project, we're we're kind of the Fab Four, man, when it comes yeah. to advocacy was, um... for gun rights. I, I say that patting ourselves on the back, and and uh, feel free to roll your eyes at that. But uh, we needed a picture because we were all down there, man. We were slugging away for two-way rights in Indiana. Uh, but in the meantime, Kelly, don't let me uh, preempt what you want to talk about. Well, I, I tell you what, um, whoever Gregory was his first name was there for 1084 as a private citizen. Oh, yeah. Uh, we, we need to find him. He was outstanding. Yeah, wasn't he good? We, we need to get him on the team. Yeah, we do. He was really good. And let's revisit what 1084 is about because, um, and I'm going to talk more about this here, hopefully, uh, after we get through all our callers. 1084 deals with these credit card codes. And a bunch of gun control proponents have gone out and said, we need to code credit or debit card transactions at gun stores because we need to track these things. And a bunch of us have major concerns over this because I think it's a way to identify credit card transactions for banks and credit card companies to actually deny those transactions because they they, they're trying to cut off chokehold um, the gun industry. Secondly, a lot of people think it's an indirect way to build a database of gun owners or, or, or guns um, in America based on those transactions. And and for either either concern, it's it's a danger, it's a problem. And there's a bill, 1084, in the House that would actually prevent the use of these codes in Indiana to track purchases at gun stores. Um, and, 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 there, and there's a big civil penalty associated if banks or credit card processors try to do that, huge fan. It's a good bill uh, um, offered by uh, Representative Jake Teshka, uh, who's a solid pro 2A legislator. And you and I, Kelly, were both there to testify in favor of that this week. Yeah, we uh, we sure were. I will point out, I caught about three more minutes of questions than you did on that bill. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and John Weber, who... Uh, uh, was our closer that day from NRA. He he had a total of one question, and I caught questions for 11 minutes. I have to ask, what is up with that? Um, I think we wore him down, though. <laughs> well, I think we did. And I got to tell you, when I go in and testify, and we also both testified um, in favor of uh, 1235, different bill, and I'll talk about that more time uh, allowing uh, that was on Wednesday. I got to tell you, I, I'm sure you noticed this, Kelly. My favorite part are the questions and, and or challenges from Democrats on that committee. There were a couple of new 
legislators that I hadn't seen or met before, a couple of new Democrats in the Judiciary Committee in the House uh, that wanted to take me on in in, uh, in that committee hearing and. Uh, they they didn't fare very well. I, I, mean, I hope that's not my arrogance uh, speaking, but uh, I think that's objective that uh, they uh, probably regretted having uh, taken me on. Well, I uh, one thing with that hearing, and I don't know if uh, Representative Tor caught it afterwards, but I said, "Hey, thank you for calling me after Guy because I hate following you in these things." <laughs> but one thing, and it was one one of the Democrats, and I did notice two of them didn't show up. Oh, yeah, I saw that. uh, They left the two new ones there. And one, it was both Representative Jeter and yourself got a a question. And the way they phrased it, I'm sitting there and saying, please hang that curveball to me because I'm waiting for it. Yeah, we'll talk more about about 1235 because that's another important bill um, that needs to be passed. And and I want people uh, wondering what that's about. But listen, and uh, Kelly, let's talk for a minute with you on the line. Um, if people are listening and we're talking about what's going on in the Indiana General Assembly, people are calling in with opinions on on what the law of Indiana should be. Uh, my buddy Kelly and Avon, who's on the line right now, is a fabulous example of of a private citizen who simply cares about these issues, who simply cares about Second Amendment rights. And listen, substitute Second Amendment rights for any issue that you care about. It could be tax-related, whatever it might be. I mean, you, you take your hot button, and Kelly, the guy on the line right now, which I've known for years and years and years and years, and I consider a very, very good friend, Kelly cares about Second Amendment issues. So he simply, as a private citizen, just another guy off the street decided to show up when we have committee hearings, when we have legislative events down to state house, who decided to show up and make his voice heard. These are public hearings. You don't have to be, you don't have to have a radio show. You don't have to be a lawyer. You don't have to have any other stat. You don't have, you don't have to be a professional lobbyist. All you have to do is show up, sign your name on the sheet or register online, and you can testify. They will call your name, and you can step up, and you can participate in the legislative process. This is democracy. You know, we have this beautiful constitutional republic here in the United States. It's the most beautiful, elegant, perfect form of government that's ever been. I'm not saying it's perfect. I'm saying it's the most perfect. And it it is as close as you can get. And it depends on citizen involvement. And Kelly, listen, I I know you didn't call for me to blow a bunch of wind up your skirt, but here's here's the basic fact. You are the perfect example of somebody who just cared who just wanted to make his voice heard. You show up and you're uh and you you always tell me you're you're not a statistician, you're a um a statistician with people analyst. skills. And an analyst, that's right. Which is you say is a statistician with people skills, right? I've heard yeah, you say that many times. A, you've but, never met a statistician with people skills, that's for sure. There you go. <laughs> but you just showed up and you showed up time after time after time and you present great information, great statistical analysis, you know, and and, and you're logical, you're 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 forthright. But the most important thing is you're there. You show up. You participate in the process. And you, my friend, have had a profound impact on Indiana law in this state because you're there and you show up. And anybody who wants to be like Kelly 
and just show up. And the Indiana State Rifle and Pistol Association and its president, Charlie Hiltunen, who I consider to be a very good friend as well. I shoot sporting clays with him. I kick his ass in sporting clays, by the way. But we, <laughs> but, 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 but he's, a, he, he's a big fan of yours as well. And he recognized what you were doing, showing up, and he actually uh, asked you then to become an officer in the Indiana State Rifle and Pistol Association. And you're down there speaking now on their behalf, even though you were doing it for years and years uh, on your own. So people listening, you can do this. You can be Kelly. You can show up, make your voice heard, and you can have a profound impact on what the law is in this state, because that's what the system depends on, is citizen involvement. That's what makes us a democracy. That's what makes this constitutional republic so beautiful and elegant and productive, is the involvement of citizens. So I'm sorry I got on my soapbox, but Kelly, with you calling in, I want to take the opportunity, because brother, you're the perfect example. You're exhibit A of everything I'm talking about. Well, thank thank you very uh, thank you very much, Guy. I do appreciate that, and I, I will tell you, I did ask Charlie. I said if if you want to, you know, represent the ISRPA, I'll sign in for myself. And he said, No, no, go ahead. And, and I I was expecting more rocks, not quite as many as I caught this week, but yeah, that was that was a it's a big difference between signing in to represent yourself and then putting something like I, you know, Indiana state rifle and pistol association is why you're there. So it's like, yeah, I know I'm going to catch some rocks coming my way. Well, you but, know what? Uh, and, but look, Nate, I know you're uh, now an officer. What's your title at, at, I, I am the co-director of government affairs. I, uh, can't at this point say who the other co-director is. I can tell you he's a heavy hitter. <laughs> All right. Well, and listen. Hey, announced later. Kelly, you're a badass, and you know what? You show up, um, and that's what I love about this process, man. It's about showing up. It's about. And by the way, you don't ever forget. Kelly is also a proud member of the Two A Project that I'm the president and founder of. And uh, and Kelly showed up uh, with his Two A Project shirts on long before he had his current role as uh, uh, co uh, director of legislative affairs at Indiana State Rifle and Pistol Association. Right now we're at the bottom of the hour. We're taking a break. We're gonna go back to the phone lines. We got David. We got Joe. Um, we're not forgetting about you, man. We're coming back to the phone lines. We'll come back about what. What's going on in the legislature and about these bills that we're talking about? I don't want to leave you in suspense uh, on those. But right now, we're taking a break. This is Guy Relford on The Gun Guy Show on 93 WIBC. Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between. Second to none on the Second Amendment. This is The Gun Guy with Guy Relford on 93 WIBC. And welcome back. I'm Guy Relford on The Gun Guy Show on 93 WIBC. I'll tell you what, we're going through the phone lines. There's nothing better than when we have a whole bunch of callers uh, here on The Gun Guy Show, and we certainly have tonight. And David, brother, you've been on hold for damn near an hour and uh i applaud your patience and thanks so much thanks for calling the gun guy show yes uh when can governor abbott start sending buses 
to blue cities in red states. Thank you. Okay, hold on. So, wait a minute, David. So, when will Governor Abbott, I want to make sure I understand you, when will Governor Abbott start sending buses, so buses with immigrants, right, illegal immigrants or uh, people who have crossed the border, when will they start sending them to blue cities and red states? So, that would be Indianapolis, right? So, um, that's a Democrat-controlled city in a red state like Indiana. Your question is, when's that going to happen? Yeah, if it can happen, that seems to be what they want. Well, I'm missing your point there, brother. I mean, what? I don't know, though. Yes. What's that? I don't know if it has to be a sanctuary city or, or you know, I'm not an attorney, but uh, but yeah, that's the question. If he can and when he can uh, send, you know, buses. All right, okay, man. Um, I'm not. I'm not, I, uh, I'm not sure I'm tracking, but listen. I mean, the, the, this is a whole different. This is immigration, and and we're here to talk about two A issues, but. Um, Governor Abbott, you know, the Texas governor, I think has had a great approach to the immigration issue. First of all, they're trying to enforce the immigration laws themselves by putting barriers at the border and and protecting Texas from uh, this absolute invasion of illegal immigration. And listen, I'm not anti-immigration. I mean, one of the things that makes this country great is it's a melting pot, man. It's, it's, It's all about immigration. But follow the law. There's a process to come into this country. So I'm all in favor of immigration. Some of the greatest U.S. citizens, uh, contributors to this society we've ever had are immigrants. So we want to absolutely be welcoming to immigration in this country. We're crazy if if we don't. And and that's what makes this country so fabulous. Is 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 being a melting pot for all different cultures and 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 religions and cultures, and it, it's so important. But follow the law. And Abbott has said, for instance, that you come in. All right, we're, Texas is not going to bear the complete burden of this. We're going to bust some of these people off, and they're, he's sending them to blue states. He sent them to California. He sent them to New York and uh, New Jersey, and it's kind of hilarious because those people don't know what to do. They are all in favor saying, oh, yeah, we need to allow all this immigration right up until they actually start getting immigrants in their cities and their towns. Now they're saying, well, hold on, this this is a problem. So, you know, when when will Governor Abbott, for instance, send them to, to, to a city like Indianapolis, which is in a red state, right? Democrat, or excuse me, a Republican uh, majority state, but but Indianapolis being a Democrat-controlled city. I think that's probably low on the list. I think he's probably making his point, primarily sending them to blue cities and blue states. But we'll see. But that's a little different issue. All right, we got another caller on the phones. Joe has called in. Joe, what you got for us? Hey, guy, I love listening to you and appreciate all you do for us. Sure, brother. Thank you. Hey, I got a quick question for you. So uh, I enjoy exercising my Second Amendment rights like most of your uh, listeners, I would assume. Yep. I got a quick question around um, the legality of uh, carrying at a homeschool co-op. I've never heard anyone discuss that before. Well, that's a good question. The law, I'll tell you exactly what the statute says. It says you can't carry on school property, which is defined as um, a public, private, or parochial school. 
And generally, um, that's looked at as if it's a licensed school, licensed by the state to be a school, then you can't carry there. Um, if it's not licensed by the state, then it's probably not going to fall in that category of school property. And and to be honest with you, Joe, I'm I'm not fully educated on the issue of uh, of of homeschool co-ops. Um, but if they're not licensed by the state, I think that that probably works out okay. If they are, then that's going to be considered a school property. Awesome, thank you. Yep, you're welcome. Um, all right, well, I'll tell you what, that's it for the callers. Man, we had a ton of callers. I love taking calls. That, that's the origin of the Gun Guy Show. I When I was just a guest on other people's shows, but you know, more than 10 years ago, before I ever had my own show, um, I, we just had segments called Ask the Gun Guy or Ask the Gun Lawyer, and people would just call. And so I, I love that. But I'll tell you what, we're going to take a break. We'll come back, and on this last segment, I'll talk about some of the bills that, uh, for instance, uh, my buddy Kelly in Avon and I were talking about 1084 and 1235. Uh, These are important bills, and they need to be part of Indiana law. I'll talk about exactly why when we come back. Right now, we're taking a break. This is Guy Relford on The Gun Guy Show on 93 WIBC. Second to none on the Second Amendment. This is The Gun Guy with Guy Relford on 93 WIBC. And welcome back for the last segment of the Gun Guy Show here on 93 WIBC. I'll tell you what, thanks so much to our callers, man. I, that warms my heart uh, when we have that many people call into the Gun Guy Show. Um, it's kind of nice to know that many people are listening. <laughs> so it's not just my mom, apparently. Um, but no, I really appreciate uh, the callers and the listeners, and that uh, it means a lot to me. But let's talk about this House Bill 1084. And uh, uh, my buddy Kelly, who called in, he and I and, and several other people, John Weber from NRA, who's a rock star, say what you want about the national leadership of NRA, our local uh, representatives that we've had right here to serve us in Indiana from NRA have been rock stars. John Weber, before John Weber, we had Dr. Chris Kapaki. These guys are hardworking, smart, good people who really care a lot, who work hard. They show up. They're at the early morning meetings. They're sending the late night emails. They're participating in the off hours uh, conference calls. They're going in. They're talking to the legislators. Um, They're doing their job, man. And our local representatives we've had from NRA, again, Hey, look, am I glad that Wayne LaPierre has, said, has, has been kicked out uh, as, as, as executive vice president and leader of NRA? Yes. Um, do I think he, uh, to some degree, corrupted the organization and got rich off of our money? Yes. Um, but that doesn't diminish in any way, shape, or form uh, the local representation we've had from NRA ILA, which is Institute for Legislative Action. The people that are right here on the ground helping us fight for gun rights in Indiana, they've been stellar. They've been solid. They are hardworking, smart good people. And John Weber, who's our current representative, um, I put right at the top of that list. He's a good man, and he's done a lot of good for us right here, including helping us get constitutional carry passed in 2022. We also had Chris Lee from National Shooting Sports Foundation. National Shooting Sports Foundation is actually the industry group uh, for the firearms industry. A lot of people think that's NRA. No, NRA is grassroots. 
That's gun owners. That's me and you. NSSF is the gun industry. They represent gun stores, gun manufacturers, gun ranges. That's the reason I'm a, a member of uh, NSSF as well. Um, but look, we've been fighting hard, and we got a, we get a lot done. But let's talk about House Bill 1084. These financial uh, credit card codes uh, for debit or, or, or credit cards where they want to tag uh, transactions at gun stores. I believe, and I'm not, again, again, I'm not big on conspiracy theories. I believe this is part of what the Obama administration called Operation Choke Point. And what they call um, um, Operation Choke Point is was declared policy declared operation of the Obama administration. It was to attack the firearm industry through the financial industry. That is, to go to banks, go to credit card companies, go to insurance companies, and try to get them to simply deny doing business with the firearm industry. Because what they couldn't get done in Congress, and what they couldn't get done at state legislators, state legislatures, I should say they wanted to get done through the financial industry. They could put out, they could put gun stores out of business. They could put gun manufacturers out of business potentially through by going to banks and insurance companies and credit credit card processors. Because if a credit if all the credit card processors stop doing business with gun stores, how how many do you think would stay in business? I mean, I'll, I'll have any retail business you want today in today's day and day and age. Be a restaurant or a clothing store, whatever kind of store you want to talk about, and say, no, sorry, we're cash only. How long are you going to stay in business? About a day and a half, because people expect to be able to use their credit card and their debit card. That's just the way it works. And so I think this new code, and this is the Indian, the International Organization for Standardization, came out and said, and this is at the insistence of gun control groups. We're talking about every town for gun safety and, and moms demand action, which is part of that. And in the Brady campaign, these people that want to eradicate your second amendment rights. They went to this group and said, you need to tag credit card transactions, debit card transactions that are done at gun stores. Why do you think they want to tag those? A lot of people said, Oh, they want to start building a registry of gun owners. Maybe. And and I see that concern. But what do I really think it is? I think it's to be able to further Operation Choke Point, which is you first identify those transactions so credit card companies and banks can start denying them. Nope, sorry, we don't want to handle any transactions conducted at gun stores. And as soon as they start denying them, then suddenly you can't use your credit or your debit card at a gun store. What's going to happen to that gun store? How long are they going to stay in business? That's the goal. That's the intent. House Bill 1084, authored by Representative Jake Teshka, co-authored by Ethan Manning and my buddy Craig Haggard, former badass Marine, good friend of mine, that says you simply can't use them in Indiana. We're not going to allow that to go forward in Indiana. This is good law. It needs to be the law in Indiana. And that's why both Kelly and I were down there testifying uh, in favor of it. And uh, we'll talk more about other bills that are pending this session and what you can do to help. Right now, this is Guy Relford on The Gun Guy Show on 93 WIBC.